0: We are in the middle of a series called Miracles of Jesus. We've covered three miracles so far, and at each of the miracles, we find that the main point was not the miracles in themselves. Uh, The main focus has always been Jesus, and everything else, from the interaction of the people, to the environment, to the things that are happening in that place at that time, they all come together to give us a greater understanding of who Jesus is. And so likewise today, we will be unpacking the miracle that Jesus did in John chapter nine, where Jesus healed a man born blind. And as we observe all the things that took place in the passage, I would like us to consider the question that Pastor Dan asks us as we kickstart this series. And the question is this, what does the miracle reveal about Jesus to us? What does the miracle reveal about Jesus to us? Shall we pray even as we look to the word of God this morning? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the moments that we share around your word. It's truly around these moments that we catch a glimpse of who you are and what you desire to do in each and every one of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, give us a heart that perceives and, and, and the faith to believe, Lord. So Lord, we thank you. We surrender the rest of this morning to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, chapter 9 is a very long passage, but, and we will be breaking down the passage into three parts. And at each part, we're going to see how it reveals something about Jesus to us. So, if you have Bibles, go with me to John chapter 9. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 7. As he went along, this is referring to Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. Uh, his disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in a pool or siloam. Uh, This word means scent." So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Firstly, this reveals to us, number one, that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. More than the healing of the man born blind, this miracle shows us that Jesus is the light of the world. In verse five, it says this, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But if you were to read it on its own, It may seem rather strange. It can be a little bit confusing. But if we look back one chapter before, in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What this means is there is no other light than Jesus. If there is going to be a light for the world, it will be Jesus. It is Jesus or darkness. There is no other option there is no other light besides jesus and when that light steps into the room when the light of who jesus is enters into the space of our lives everything that is of darkness will have to go every dark shadow will disappear now picture with me that we are in a dark room and an empty room and then suddenly Pastor Benny walks into the room, bringing a very bright burning candle, and immediately, the room lights up. And all our attention is now focused on the candle that is burning brightly. The radiance of the light floods every space, and the warmth of the light can be felt as well. And friends, this is what Jesus, as the light of the world, does. As Jesus enters into the dark spaces of our lives, He brings life into it. He illuminates and brings hope into our hopelessness and into our dire situations. He's warm, fills our cold and empty hearts with much joy. He brings clarity to our vision and He guides our steps. But most of all, He shows us that salvation is found In him and him alone. John chapter 1 verse 9 to 13, it says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And this is the, 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 the main point of it. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Those who encounter Jesus, those who have received and believe in Jesus, those who believe in the light, come on, we have the right to become children of God. Right. He is the one who brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And friends, everything becomes different in the light of Jesus. Everything becomes different in the light of Jesus. And that's really good news because this includes even earthquakes and tsunamis and wars and famines and suffering and death, the light of Jesus will help us bear the sorrow of darkness. His light will be a comfort to us after devastating loss. The light of Jesus will reveal the wise and loving face of God behind every troubled waters. And on that very final day, When Jesus returns to rule and reign for all eternity, when Jesus, who being the light of this world, fills the whole earth with His light, and all darkness and the works of darkness and all the sons of darkness will be cast out from that space where Jesus is, everything will be beautiful with the light of Christ. And somebody needs to hear that today. Everything will be beautiful with the light of Christ. And church, I don't know what the news have been reporting to you. I don't know what people have been whispering in your ears. You know, perhaps the feed on your Facebook, your Instagram, or even your TikTok may say otherwise. But the Bible, the Word of God tells me that Jesus is the light of the world. He still is, and he forever will be the light of the world. Can I have somebody say an amen to that? Amen. Secondly, the passage reveals to us that Jesus uncovers who we are. And we're going to be reading from verse 8 to verse 34. In verse 8, it says this, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging us. Isn't this the same man who used to sit and back? Some claimed that he was. Others said no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where's this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I wash, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man, what have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. "'Is this your son?' they asked. "'Is this the one you say was born blind? "'How is it that now he can see?' Uh, Verse 20, "'We know he is our son,' the parents answered, "'and we know he was born blind. "'But how he can see now or who opened his eyes we don't know?' Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. A second time, they summoned a man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now i I see. Verse 26, then they asked him, what did you do to him? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they heard insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now, that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Verse 34, to these they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out." Wow, what an interesting conversation. But you know, this shows us that Jesus uncovers who we are. Jesus, who is the light, he exposes everything in our lives that is hidden, and perhaps even things that we did not consider were there. You know, there is an analogy that all of us are like icebergs. And we only show the top part above the water, the 10 or 20% of us, to the people in our world. And the rest of us, the 80 or 90%, uh, you know, we hit it pretty well. And we do it knowingly or unknowingly. But when we come into contact with Jesus, when you and I encounter the light of the world, Jesus uncovers who we are. He sees us for who we really are. He sees all of us, all 100% of us. Not just the areas that look pretty and nice, but also the ugly side of us. And as we observe what's happening in this part of the passage, John, who is the author of this book, he draws a stark contrast between the man who was born blind and the community of the people that he was in. The man who did not have sight had insight. The people who had sight did not have insight. The physical blindness of the man revealed the spiritual blindness of the people. Church, spiritual blindness in its simplest definition means hearing the truth but cannot see what it means. Would you turn to the person beside you and tell them he's not talking about you? (laughs) Now, in all these interactions with the various groups of people, we find that Jesus was not present, so to speak. But the man born blind, having now his eyes open, having now encountered and experienced the light of the world, he now goes back to his community and the light of Jesus begins to uncover the condition of the people in his world. And there are a few aspects of spiritual blindness that Jesus revealed through the interaction of the man and the people he came into contact with. Now this is not an exhaustive list, but as we go through each of them, Would we consider this morning and ask ourselves as honestly as possible, are we showing some symptoms of spiritual blindness? Have we shown some signs of spiritual blindness in our life? Now, we are not here to point fingers to anybody but we are wanting to give space to the Holy Spirit to do that deep work in our lives so that we can come to a place of surrender and worship. So the first aspect of spiritual blindness which Jesus uncovered was skepticism. And we find the neighbors of the man born blind and those who had seen him begging before, doubting the miracle has taken place. They were skeptical that the man born blind could now see They even thought it was his doppelganger whom they were talking to, a lookalike, and not the man who was healed from his blindness. Perhaps they had not seen a miracle taking place in their lives before. No, perhaps they have seen too much suffering and sickness in this world that it has shaped their perspective to see the world from a certain angle to the point they forget that the Creator of the heavens and the earth is the one who does miracles and is still doing today. And perhaps for us this morning, do we have questions when we see healings or miracles taking place? Do we doubt the genuineness of the miracle? Do we try to make sense of the miracle with our logical minds? And the reality is, church, is this, church, is that all of us, regardless of who we are, we will have doubts and we will have questions while we are on this side of heaven. For the simple fact, we are living in a fallen world. The reality of the challenges and the sufferings that you and I face and you and I see in this life causes us to have questions, it causes us to have doubts. And we find this to be true in the Bible as well. We see so many individuals having questions, having doubts. Moses, who was a great leader of the nation of Israel, doubted his ability to lead the nation because he could not speak well. David, who was considered a man after God's own heart, had moments of doubt and questioning when he was pursued by King Saul. Jesus' disciples had doubts. Thomas would be the biggest one of the 12 disciples. And there are many others in the Bible who had questions in the midst of their challenges. But one thing was very clear. All of these individuals, they learned to bring their doubts. They learn to bring their questions to God and surrender them to Him, even though they don't understand. Yeah. And church, when doubts and questions lead us to a place where we begin to stop putting our trust in God, when we become skeptical to the very extreme end, when we are no longer open to the things and miracles that He is doing in our lives in front of us, you no know, church, that's where the danger lies. We can be like the neighbors of the man who was born blind. Because that sort of skepticism will stop us from fully surrendering our lives to God, from fully trusting Him that His ways is higher than our ways, that His thoughts is higher than our thoughts. So number one, The first aspect of spiritual blindness that we see here that Jesus uncovered is skepticism. Number two, another aspect of spiritual blindness we see is through the interaction of the man born blind with the Pharisees. The Pharisees, an influential religious group known to be a stickler to the Torah, as much as they were very zealous in what they believed, now we must acknowledge that their zealousness, all right? Uh, They were actually rather misguided in their priorities, and they became very religious to the point that their zealousness became religious legalism. They got upset that Jesus did some work on the Sabbath, Jesus spat in the dirt, put the mud on the man's eyes, and the Pharisees considered that as work. And they were upset that Jesus broke the Sabbath rule of rest. They were more concerned with the Sabbath being broken than rejoicing that the man born blind could now see. And not only that, they believed that physical blindness, especially when one is born with it, it was because the child or the parent sinned, and there was no way out of it. The Pharisees were so focused on the fact that the man born blind was a sinner that they missed the miracle happening in front of them that he could now see. They could not wrap their minds on the fact that the man who was born blind, a sinner, could see after having encountered Jesus. There's no way in their mind that a sinner could step out from sin. There's no way a sinner could see. The Pharisees, as much as they were zealous to to the Torah, as much as they wanted to give glory to God, their hearts were not open to what God was doing in front of them. They could not see the truth of who Jesus is, no matter what the man born blind said. And church this morning, I wonder if any of us here can relate to the Pharisees. Perhaps not to the same extent of how zealous they were sticking to the Torah and the rules and the regulations, or perhaps maybe we are, but I wonder, Have we been preoccupied with the activities in the church? Even though good as it is, our hearts are not open to what God is wanting to do and is doing in us and in front of us. Perhaps we have missed the heart of God behind the activities that we are in. And this is something that I've been reminded of by the Holy Spirit time and time and again. Now it's very easy uh, to get caught up with the role of a pastor and being busy with church activities. And I can very easily justify that what I'm doing, I'm doing for God. You know, it's God's work, you know. But every time I get too preoccupied with the busyness of ministry, the Holy Spirit will come and He will nudge me. Hey, it's my doing and overflow of my being with Him? Are my activities for God stemming from a place of abiding in Him? Have I missed God's heart in the business of ministry? Being occupied with the activities in the church is not the same as being open to what God is doing and what He is wanting to do in us and through us. Just because a person's activities are rooted in church does not mean their heart is rooted in God. It's easier to be busy for God than to be present with Him and to know His heart. It's easier to stick with what God did in the past than being open to what God is doing today. And the final aspect of spiritual blindness that we find in this passage is... FOPO, F-O-P-O. We have heard the term FOMO, fear of missing out. This is FOPO, the fear of people's opinion. And of all the people in the world, we would assume that the parents of the man born blind would be the first to jump up and down, rejoicing that their son, who was born blind, could now see. We would naturally assume that they will be over the hills, over this miracle that has taken place. But the passage shows us that his parents were too fearful of the Jewish leaders of the Pharisees to acknowledge that Jesus did that miracle. Their fear of people's opinion trapped them from acknowledging what Jesus did. Their fear of people's opinion stopped them from fully embracing the life that Jesus, as the light of the world, brings for you and I. Now maybe, we have responded just like the parents of the man born blind. Maybe we have been fearful of people's opinion that we shy away from acknowledging who Jesus is in our schools, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. Maybe we are too concerned with what our family members, what our friends might have to say about us. We want to be politically correct. We want to play it safe in that sense. We don't want to offend people, but is our fear of people's opinion stopping us and hindering us from fully trusting God and honoring Him in our lives? Does our fear of people's opinion carry more weight than what God says in His Word? Does our fear of people's opinion blind us from seeing what God is doing in our lives? But the good news is this: Jesus does not leave us to be spiritually blind. Jesus is the light of the world. The light uncovers who we are, and Jesus compels us to respond. John chapter nine. I'm going to read the remaining segment of the passage and says this in verse thirty-five to forty-one. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, "Do you believe?" in the Son of Man. Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, He is the one speaking to, with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. I want to take note of his response. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Verse 39, Jesus said, For the judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Jesus he leads us to respond in a manner that he becomes the light of our lives. Jesus knows that the only answer to our spiritual blindness is him. How do we overcome skepticism? By bringing them to Jesus, by bringing all our doubts, our questions to him and putting our trust in him. How do we overcome religious legalism? by looking at the way he lived when he was on earth and seeing his heart behind everything that he does. And how do we overcome the fear of people's opinions? When we know the voice of the Good Shepherd, all other voices fail in comparison. The man who did not have sight had insight. Jesus healed the man born blind And he now saw Jesus for who he is. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the Anointed One. Jesus, the Savior of the world. But the people who had sight did not have insight. The miracle of the man born blind was right in front of them. They saw Jesus, but yet they completely missed seeing Jesus for who he really is. Friends, this morning, even as we come to a close, I pray that we will not miss seeing Jesus for who he really is. I pray that our hearts will not be calloused, hardened with skepticism. It will not be filled with rejoicing and fear of what people might think or say of us. I pray that you and I, we will always respond to him in a manner that he leads us to. Especially when you and I, when we have tasted and when we have seen the goodness of God in our lives. I pray that you and I would learn to be like the man born blind and how he responded to Jesus. That he said, Lord, I believe and I worship. Church, this morning, may we see Jesus as the light of the world who comes to bring salvation to our lives. May we see Jesus as the one who comes to bring light into our dark situations. And may we respond to him, believing in him, and worshiping him all the days of our lives. And let it be so, church, till we see Jesus face to face. And this morning, Can I just invite everyone to rise to your feet? I don't know what you are going through. I don't know the challenges that you are facing. But even as you are hearing the message this morning, you know the Holy Spirit is nudging your heart. He's impressing upon you on some of these areas that we've talked about. And the Holy Spirit wants to do a deep work in us. He wants to bring us to a place where we can come before God and say, Lord, in spite of it all, I believe. In spite of it all, I choose to worship you. And that's what Jesus does for you and I, church. He is the light in the darkness. He is the light who comes to bring wholeness to our lives. So church, wherever you are, would you just respond to God? Father, we thank you for Jesus. That is true, Jesus we see your heart It is through Jesus that our lives are forever changed. So Lord, even right now, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our challenges, in those areas that where we have been spiritually blind, God, we look to you. Jesus, we put our trust in you once again. Jesus, we offer up our lives to you, Lord. And may you rule and reign in us. And let every day of our lives be worshipped unto you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.